no offense to you or anything, but I was thinking more about our daughter. Fair, fair. As you mentioned, we both traveled to quote unquote dangerous places alone. And maybe at the same time, I was like, wow, he might get kidnapped. That might be the greatest <laughs> thing of the whole vacation. As long as my daughter said, but if he could get kidnapped. Chris Rock, when he was like, you don't, you, what was he saying? Like, you don't, you've never been in love if you don't yeah. look at your, your husband or your wife and you're like, die. Exactly. If you, don't, if you didn't look at a box of rat poison for five solid minutes, you ain't been in love. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Foster Inclusion Podcast, and thank you so much for joining me. I am your host, Saida Gomez-Fleury. In this episode, the hubby and I answer questions about our amazing trip to El Salvador while sipping on Siwatan, a local rum. <laughs> I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, we cover stuff like how El Sante has influenced our views on Bitcoin, traveling with a two-year-old, and so much more. Check out at Foster Inclusion on Instagram and Twitter to see photos and videos of our trip. And for those who still believe that you can't use Bitcoin to buy coffee, I filmed a brief video demonstrating that it is indeed possible. I paid about 3,000 sats for a bag of ground coffee. So what are you pouring? So this is, I'm gonna pour two glasses of Siwatan. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that correctly. Siwatan. Siwatan. No, the accent's on the A at the end. So I think for my Spanish lessons, it's like Siwatan. So Siwatan. <laughs> I am pouring two glasses of Siwatan, which is an edge rum that we purchased while we were traveling to Salvador. And it's originally from Salvador. And uh, El Salvador. Yeah, and we're back. It's already been a week since our return, and we're trying our siwatan or siwatan for the first time since coming back. So in this episode, we're going to do something a bit different because I think it's pretty cool to share our thoughts and impressions of our lovely trip. So you already know that I loved it <laughs> to um, El Salvador, and more specifically El Sante, El Sante. Um, and so we're, we've put a bunch of questions in a bowl and we're going to pull each question and then just answer at random. And I think that's like a spontaneous way to share our thoughts and feelings. But before we get to that, you've poured our El Salvadorian rum. So Indeed. Cheers. Cheers. Let's test it. Very nice. And it's not too strong. Usually, like when I have straight rum for the first time, I feel like <laughs> my throat, my nasal passages, like everything is just like being cleansed, cleared, burnt out. But this is um, this is quite nice. Mm. So it has notes of lychee, cinnamon, fresh guarapo, and toasted cashew nuts. That's what it says. Fresh what? Grappa? No, guarapo. I think we had that once when we were there. I can't remember in some kind of smoothie or something. Oh, God, I had so many smoothies. Yeah. Mm. This is really nice. It's very nice. Ooh. Very, very nice. I can't wait to invite people over and have them yeah. 
taste it. Let's do a tasting. Yeah, and make pupusas to go with that. Well, there were three of them um, in the in the package we bought. There's this one and then two others. What's this one called in particular? Obsidiana. Obsidiana. Ooh. And I think it's the most, uh, how would I say, like natural one, meaning not flavored. I think the two other ones are flavored in a way or another. I can't remember. One was cinnamon and something else, but... Yeah, <laughs> just gotta be careful because there is it's still early afternoon. So <laughs> yeah, we just had lunch. We did eat. We're not drinking before uh, like too early in the morning. Our daughter has just been put down for her nap. Mommy's starting to feel really good, <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna try to uh, to 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 get this done. Um, do you want to draw first? Sure. Yep. All right. So I draw first, I ask the question, oops, I draw, two. oh no, it's one, it's a long one. Ask the question to you and let you answer. So have your views on Bitcoin changed after your experience in El Salvador? If so, how? Have my views on Bitcoin changed since going to El Salvador? Yep. Yes. After your experience in El Salvador. After going to El Salvador. So yes, my views have changed, surprisingly. Um, so for anyone who's ever listened to this podcast, you know that I am obsessed with Bitcoin and more specifically its potential to, I guess, create more equal access to um, our financial system. Uh, I'm all for financial inclusion. So I have... Uh, um, yeah, I've always been obsessed with that angle of things and going to El Salvador for me was like an opportunity to see uh, on a smaller scale how a community could actually use, or a country, could actually use Bitcoin um, uh, for better financial inclusion. And I would say that my views on Bitcoin itself have changed in the sense that I really see Bitcoin more now as like a neutral tool it is a tool it's not a religion it's not a cult it is a tool but the tool when operationalized seems to bring about more equality which is still an abstract term but to see how people in, in El Sante specifically are so happy and joyful and not everyone speaks about Bitcoin, which I kind of expected uh, based on everything I saw on social media and based on interviews I've seen with Naib Bukele and other people uh, involved with the Bitcoin Beach Project. I expected it to be like everyone speaking about Bitcoin buzzing around, but actually people didn't speak about it that often, but I feel that its effects, whether it's increased tourism or whether um, uh, like people, I guess, feel a little more financially secure, its effects can be felt. And so now I kind of see Bitcoin as like this invisible good, uh, as opposed to like only like this incredible technology. Okay. And what about you? Yeah, so it, for me, yes, it has changed it. Actually, it has changed my view a lot, probably much more than it has for you. Sorry, our daughter is waking up, so I guess we might have to do a little break just to put if her back to... If you can hear in the background, she said, Papa! <laughs> so maybe we put it on pause and we just restart? And we're back from that brief interruption. Our daughter just woke up from her nap. So 
how have your like how has your opinion about Bitcoin changed uh, after our trip to El Salvador? Yeah, so it it has changed in I guess two main ways. The first one is uh, like out of my very limited knowledge of Bitcoin, like my focus was more on the store value, find a way to put the little money you have in a different system or a different type of investment than your usual ones. Here was like actually observing you buying a pack of coffee, like more the transactional aspect was very real. And it was the first time for me to see that. So I think that changed my perspective where it has that aspect to it that yeah, out of Switzerland, I never saw that. I never saw any kind of transaction. They said you and I quickly exchanging some Satoshis from your wallet to mine or stuff like that, but not actually transacting with like, a, yeah, a shop. Yeah, so in Geneva. In Geneva, I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. And once again, my limited experience, I don't attend any Bitcoin meetup. I don't do none <laughs> of that. So, so that was that's one thing that changed uh, for me. And the other thing is more like, as you said, like as a tool. And so my view, I mean, and we'll probably speak about it later. I mean, Salvador was a really good trip. I really like the country and a lot of unexpected things for me. And Bitcoin is one of the tools, I think, which makes current Salvador like a very, I don't know if it's unique place, but it's unique in my view, meaning yeah. compared to what I know. Uh, very unique and I think Bitcoin is one of the elements in addition of all the other, yeah. the other actions that the, the, the president is taking and that the, the people are taking themselves. Uh, so yeah, it's a great tool to bring something new, different. Not sure if it's going to work or not, to be honest, yeah, but for sure, you know, yeah. if you don't try, you are pretty much sure it's not going to change. So yeah. it's something different. And uh, yeah, it, it's very much associated with like optimism, change, opportunities, all of these things. So yeah, and totally. I, I actually like the fact that we, I mean, you bought a pack of coffee, you gave a tip to the driver using wallets and bitcoins at the same time. And the see, lemonade too. And the lemonade. But you see shops that clearly say no bitcoin. So it's not like, as you yeah. said, it's not like a religion. Like, no, it's one option that is made available. You don't have to adopt it. And clearly some stores say it was written, one store actually, it's not some store. In El Zante as in well. In El Zante. Yeah. It was one store, like the one along the beach where we had like a beer and, yeah. and a lemonade. And it was, guess who has the lemonade, who had the beer? But uh, <laughs> it's, it's it was saying no Bitcoin. And I kind of like that aspect because it's not mandatory in any way. It's just another tool available. So yeah, that's how it changed my personal yeah, totally. view. And we had this discussion multiple times. like. Um, I wish I had known more about El Salvador since it introduced Bitcoin as legal tender because without, for me personally, a reference point before, it's hard for me to see and to understand the, um, the depth of the change that's taking place. Sure. I just know that, like, uh, generally speaking, the only mentions I'd had of El Salvador previously was like, it's dangerous, whatever. Um, so... I haven't lived that danger, but what I lived while I was there said like, this is such a cool place and an optimistic mm -hmm. place. And it's hard to know, um, like which variables are contributing most towards 
like the sense yeah. of positivity and optimism that we experienced. Is it Naib Bukele and his policies? Is it Bitcoin? Is it the weather? Is it more tourists? What combination of these things have contributed to like the great experience we had? Yep. Who knows? Yep, absolutely. Okay, my turn. I'll get another. First, I will sip some more Sibatan. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't stop. Hmm. <laughs> This is really good. Okay, so I'm picking a question and it is, could you see yourself spending long periods of time in El Salvador? So yes, very clearly. And then my very pragmatic uh, mindset or attitude would say, depends how much, how, how long would you say, right? I mean, yeah. and there are several elements. I'm thinking about the whole, so, I would like to spend uh, like two months, for instance, like sounds really good to me. I'm like, yeah, that would yeah. be really nice to spend like two months there. And then obviously, like I'm Real thinking life. about yeah, <laughs> oh, the daycare, the job, the, yeah. all of that. But I think if I remove all of these elements, yeah. I mean, I really would like to. I do love personally living in Switzerland. So to mm -hmm. me, it wouldn't be one or the other like having that as one of the places there might be a couple of other ones but uh, greedy yeah like I, would, <laughs> I would absolutely yeah like that a few months in El Zante you know most of the year in Switzerland maybe one two other places yeah yeah but yeah so well I, I really liked it and I absolutely envisioned I know knowing myself like El Zante where we were yeah I would like the city, I mean, I would like uh, some activities that I have right now. Yeah, of course. So I would need to really engage into like surfing, for instance. Yeah, so an totally, activity yeah. that would absolutely keep me busy. Uh, because if not, uh, yeah, knowing myself and hyperactive and always wanting to do stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I'm designed for slower mode of life. Yeah. It's not that I'm not designed, it's I'm used to it. So I'm sure I could adapt to it and yeah. maybe I would love it at one point. But... Uh, but yeah, like two months, absolutely. I would absolutely see myself yeah. living there. Yeah, same. I mean, long periods of time. Again, like at this stage in my life, I know that it's not feasible. Um, but I mean, if I think back to, you know, the period of time when I was single or, you know, under other circumstances, I could totally trip out on just living there for like six months and like for six months, I would like learn how to surf or something, you yeah. know, work remotely, take surfing lessons in the morning. Um, one thing that I found so beautiful and inspiring was that lady we kept seeing every yeah. morning. Um, so we stayed at the Gar Garten Hotel and we stayed in one of the villas. So in the mornings, we would walk from the villa to the beach. We'd spend time on the beach. And then after the beach, we would go to like the main hotel for breakfast and every morning there was a lady like doing her surf lessons and in the time we were there I think I saw her progress and stay on the board longer yes, for sure. and I just thought it was so cool like to be able to go and set a target like that for myself to like <laughs> not even learn how to surf just learn how to stand on a board yeah. you know yeah and it seemed to be a perfect place for that I mean she yeah. was yeah the conditions were right it's not like huge waves yeah that are gonna crush you it was like she was very persistent good condition and I agree yeah. we saw the progression and her coach seemed really like like down to earth and cool. Like pretty much every 
when we saw there. Um, so like under different conditions, I think if we were like newly married or something, or like if we didn't have a child and daycare and like our set routines, um, I think I could like see myself being there for like a few months out of the year. Yeah, I sure. mean, if they would have me, that's pretentious yeah. to say that I would just go, but like, you know, um, I, I could see that. All right. Next question. Cool. So next question. Is the is the El Salvador Happy Glow still with you one week later? Actually, we spoke about it about an hour ago, so that's interesting. Um, is that well? Now that I'm sipping on the Cihuatan, it's coming back. So the flight back was pretty long, and I didn't sleep that much on the plane. So that in itself sort of diminished and took away from the glow I was feeling. I still have a gorgeous tan, so it's there to some extent. Um, but, you know, this week, like you were traveling uh, for the first, what was it, Monday, Tuesday, and you came back Wednesday. Yeah. So I had to manage everything with our daughter, which is tiring. Um, uh, and it also rained here, which like, yeah. you know, it rained for a few days, which was like, oh, uh, and then like, even at the Bitcoin meetup on Wednesday, I was happy to have gone and I was pretty excited about like saying, oh my gosh, it was so cool. You know, like here are some of my observations, but maybe because the price is low right now and other things are happening, like it kind of felt like. The optimism that I lived just like a few days prior is, is is not here right now. So the glow is still here to some extent, but uh, it's, uh, it's 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 going away. Yeah. And what about you? Do you still have your El Salvador glow? I don't know if it's the the El Salvador glow. I think it's more like, uh, yeah, it felt good to take a lot of sun at once. Mm -hmm. That was good. Uh, and I think I still have that, like the benefit of like, yeah, 10 solid days of so solid sun exposures. Yeah. Uh, and at the same time, I was happy to come back. And then, as you mentioned, I mean, I when I come back, literally, when we came back the two days after, I was traveling for work. Yeah. Luckily, it was a pretty cool three days in an industry that uh, that is interesting. So I really got back quickly into yeah. like the, the working mode and, and everything. But... I think it did a lot, where I kept the glow is like it did a lot of good in terms of how, how I'm feeling, being more patient, less anxious, so it helps me actually. It, 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 it made you more patient Yeah, it's time difficult to be day. less, right? So it can only go <laughs> as a progression. So. Oh, this is a revelation. Yeah, no, no, but it's tiny, it's tiny. <laughs> yeah, but it's, uh, and plus, as you know, I mean, there was a lot of things going on at work, which usually I get very stressed about. Or, oh, yeah. And, and I felt it was good. I, I served this week very well. Uh, and I think it sends to the glow that was remaining from the, the trip. Yeah, 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 totally. Totally. I still look at so many of our photos and stuff and like the smile does come back. I still have a bit of the glow, but I guess like, yeah. Yeah, I see my reality, so. Yeah. Next. Next question. It's mine, right? Yeah, it is your turn. I'm yeah. forgetting already with the... Yeah, that's called rum. <laughs> it's called the rum effect. <laughs> um, why do you think El Salvador has such a negative image? So, yeah, I... So, very interesting. I saw a lot about that because... So, we, we did like uh, some visits when we were there and we learned... I mean, it's 
very little of the whole history and actually it's all about the recent history the last century of yeah. Salvador and there are a lot of fairly tragic history associated to, oh, well, to the country to Salvador. Yeah, yeah. Exa yeah exactly and and La Plaza and exactly. Las all, exactly all of the story like the, the churches and yeah anyway like very tragic quite tragic history yeah. and then we had a great driver I found Champa really Champa, yeah, yeah, I really liked cool. him yeah. very cool and we talked a lot during the trip and he was explaining about the gangs and how the gangs were yeah. the situation like a few years back because it's changing very rapidly so to answer the question why does El Salvador has this image I think partly because of its past yeah but my reflection during the trip was okay the past seems to be different than the present yeah and when we prepared the the trip right you go to all the swiss consulate and canadian, canadian consulate yeah. and don't consulate. travel and it's like yeah it's really like don't go and that doesn't only apply to el salvador there are a lot of other countries like that so yeah. to me it's either some of the occidental countries just don't stay up to date and they oh, yeah, take they take the worst case scenario. Look at what what it was five years ago, and that's still what's showing up on the website. Yeah. Or there is no intent to give a real picture, or I would say even a positive picture. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's maybe it's the safe approach. You always look you always look at the worst, and that's what you put. Yeah. But I'm not sure they do that for all the countries. I mean. If I think about Paris, the even, US, you Paris, know, I, I mean, was hit yeah. by some random person in Paris. Correct. You know? Correct. Yeah. I mean, I have experience in Toronto of like yeah. having a guy showing a gun to me, right? Yeah, and yeah. that didn't make yeah, yeah, friends yeah. say, don't go there. It's super violent. Yeah. So, and I'm from Scarborough where like <laughs> my parents still live in Scarborough and everyone's like, that's so dangerous. And I'm like, really? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, just went to the question why I don't, I'm not sure. I'm just... I'm just sharing more of my reflections about that topic because yeah. I know it's something I thought about during the vacation because literally it was such an easy and we were traveling with our two-year-old daughter, right? Yeah. So it's very different in terms of personally how I think about safety or security mm -hmm. totally. than without her, right? I mean, I traveled a lot for work in different places and security was like, yeah, it's going to be fine. Yeah. Here it's like, well, it has to be fine. Like it, it how really do I take has a bullet to... and shield my daughter? Yeah, how do we make sure it's all safe? And at the end, it was extremely safe yeah. uh, from what we have experienced. Once again, I mean, it's the vacation we chose. So, yeah. yeah. But I found it a very interesting thinking for me or thought that I, and I know I had it during the whole vacation. Yeah. Um, why do I think El Salvador still has... Uh, what is El Salvador? What was your question exactly? Why do you think El Salvador has such a negative image? Same, like, um, so, okay, so I was the one pushing for this destination uh, for our Heaster. Oh my God, the rum Heaster. is kicking Heaster. in. I sound like <laughs> Jamaican French Heaster. <laughs> I'll have another one, by the way. <laughs> I will too. Um, so I was the one pushing for this destination destination over the Easter holidays and I had I suppose like a very myopic view because my thing was about Bitcoin and Bitcoin only and then I think maybe like a month or two after we sort of finalized um, 
the logistics, uh, Nayib Bukele, the president of El Salvador, declared a state of emergency. And then uh, he, along with uh, the El Salvadorian police, started posting photos of M13, I think is the name of the gang. gang one of them, yeah. Or one of them, yeah. Uh, gang members on Twitter uh, just saying, like, you know, we've arrested this number of uh, gang members. Here's the state of emergency. And so I was feeling really excited to actually go and see like uh, El Sante for myself. And then part of me was like, oh my God, like, have I put my like, no offense to you or anything, but I was thinking more about our daughter. Fair, fair. As you've mentioned, we both traveled to quote unquote dangerous places alone. And maybe at the same time, I was like, wow, he might get kidnapped. That might be the greatest <laughs> thing of the whole vacation. As long as my daughter is sad, but if he could get kidnapped. Chris Rock, when he was like, you, don't, you what was he saying? Like, you don't, you've never been in love if you don't yeah. love your, your husband or your wife and you're like, die. Exactly. If you, don't, if you didn't look at a box of rat poison for five <laughs> solid minutes you ain't been in love <laughs> maybe there was some of that but i was like uh you know have i you know sort of strongly influenced the family into doing something that could actually like endanger like you know my, my heart basically you know our, our young daughter um and then after that, you know, like, as you mentioned on the Canadian, um, the, what is it? Like whatever website it's like, you know, it's a very dangerous location, you know, Switzerland, the same. And, you know, like I, and then I started thinking about this whole concept of FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And I thought the people, like one guy I interviewed, Rohan, who was there in September, no, November, I think. Uh, I messaged him and he said, yeah, you know, it's great. It's safe, whatever. And so I thought like people who have been there recently don't mm. seem to share the same opinion as people or as like big media outlets. There is a definite uh, gulf or divide between people who've been there recently and what's being reported officially. And so like, you know, my, my, my fear went away pretty quickly and when we like yeah when we got there and Noemi had a little like pink car seat and stuff like that I was just like I don't want to say once again because it sounds cynical but I was just like mm, sometimes you have to see things for yourself and experience them for yourself and then have your own opinion as opposed to just going on sort of officially stated narratives and it was when I traveled to Ethiopia it was kind of similar like at the time, everyone was like, don't go there, it's dangerous, and you're going by yourself. I went with an organized uh, uh, group to hike in the, the Simeon Mountains, but those who were totally unaware of the Simeon Mountains, that they even exist, of like the, 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 the just beauty of the country of Ethiopia, who had only relied on reports dating back several decades of like famine and all the negative things, were like, don't go there, you know, like... You know, you could get, I don't know, kidnapped, killed, like all of these bad things. And it's the, like a very similar experience. Up until that time, it was one of the best trips I'd ever taken in my life. And I remember like when I was flying back thinking, you know, I'm not going to listen so much to sort of like the mainstream opinion or narrative on things because uh, it's not to say that I'll just go blindly do the opposite of what's stated but it for me it just demonstrates that sometimes when we actually experience things for ourselves 
our experiences don't necessarily reflect what's being spewed out there in general. Yeah, and coming back to one of the previous questions, that's one of the things that would makes me, uh, I would like to spend more time there, like mm -hmm. a good two or three months, to really have the yeah. reality. Because when we were driving to uh, San Salvador, Champa mentioned, like we passed, we were driving and he showed an area and he said, yeah. yeah that's places you don't want to go. Yeah. So it's not like... And it was the neighborhood. It wasn't exactly. like... Exactly. Yeah. It was not the city. Yeah. It was literally like one neighborhood in the city and yeah. said, no, there you don't want to go. So it's like the balance between yeah. a very like catastrophic picture yeah. and a very Localized. idealistic yeah. one, which is, oh no, it's super safe, don't hesitate, like that's fine. Yeah. No, there, there is exactly. always a reason I find why certain messages are being conveyed. Yeah. But at the same time, you go there, it's different. And it's th th these are the kind of things that make, make me really, I would really like to spend more time there to have a, a, a finer view yeah. of what it is really. Yeah. Yeah. And as a tourist who's there, like we saw so many tourists who were there, not related to Bitcoin whatsoever, but who were there. I think as a tourist, if you live close by and you're there for four days, we saw a few uh, travel vloggers who were there. You go for four days for a weekend, you stay in El Sante or other touristy areas, you're more or less fine. Yeah, actually that's one thing that yeah surprised me too, not about the Bitcoin aspect, but more like the, the people who were showing up, right? Yeah. It was very, very different. So a lot of Americans like yeah. uh, from the US, but I didn't expect, Jamaica, yeah. yeah, but and it was like every two or three days, yeah. different people, yeah, from right? Vancouver, the family, from, exactly yeah. from Vancouver, guys. I mean, originally from Hawaii. I mean, mm -hmm. very, very different people coming and just have learned that it's a really cool opportunity. It's not too expensive. Weather is fantastic. The beaches are amazing, amazing. because it's probably one of the highlight for me. Is like. I expected nice beaches yeah. and I found probably one of the really most beautiful beach that I've Same. ever seen. So yeah, that was interesting to see like the population that was passing by this whole time. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, I didn't expect that necessarily. Oh my God, that morning when, um, so logistically we couldn't like swim in the ocean or dive into the waves together because uh, either Fred or myself, we were with Noemi and the other one would go in. But that morning when we just gave ourselves the time individually to go and like dive into the waves and stuff, yeah. I swear I could have like, if I had only done that during the entire vacations, I would have been so happy. The water is like what? 20, it's hot. like 30 degrees. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's 28, perfect. 30 degrees. It's oh. super hot. Not the Lake of Geneva, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, but I like swimming in the lake. <laughs> I love it. Too. Yeah, but, but it was really warm. Yeah, it's, it's much colder. Okay, my turn to draw a question. Which friend or family member do you think would enjoy El Salvador the most, and why? Uh, so two for me: my dad and one of my cousins. I don't want to say his name just in case, but you know who you are. Um, my dad, because. If I am sort of curious and outgoing and wanting to speak to, to people, my dad is like exponentially more. <laughs> he is like, uh, he, he would, I think, have such a great time speaking to people, especially to locals and asking questions historically, 
identifying similarities between El Salvador El, and El Sante and Trinidad, like the mango trees. Um, <laughs> actually, that makes me think of how happy I was to see that they sold tamarind balls oh, yeah. and that I could <laughs> potentially buy tamarind balls on the, on the Lightning ne- Network. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, but my dad and also the cousin I have in mind, he is super open-minded as well like he is a networking beast and not networking in the sort of like exploitative sense of the word but really like very good at connecting with people having conversations knowing what's going on who's doing what like where the action is and stuff when he came to visit me here in Geneva he had met more people in one day than I had in like two years (laughs) so I think those two would like it the most Okay. Yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for me, I think I'm picking one family member and one good friend. I mean, the good friend would be Guillaume, right? So I've oh, traveled. Yeah. yeah, I traveled a lot with him and we've always gone to so many, yeah, a lot of different places for vacation. That's one place like Central. Well, we did Costa Rica, but it was for scuba diving. So we just landed and took off on the boat. But I think. That's the type of vacation he would enjoy, except oh, yeah. the waterfalls, because he hates waterfalls. But we didn't but, see the waterfalls. And we didn't see them ourselves. But for the rest, I think he would enjoy it very, very much. And uh, if I think about the family member, it's probably like my cousin. Oh, I think yeah, there is a lot yeah. of cool stuff that he could really quickly. I mean, it's it's a cousin that is doing his own beer. He has his own brewery and really managing his own business and loves collaborations within his beer business so i think there there is a lot of very cool connections that could happen yeah totally yeah that would be beneficial and very interesting and very passionate between whoever he meets when he's there could you see your uncle in el sante yeah actually surprisingly yes he i could my parents no no way like uh, because (laughs) it's it's too yeah but but my cousin yeah i think he would have like he, he would enjoy, I think he would enjoy it. Yeah. Probably too hot for him, but beside that, because it's really hot, by the way. We had some really hot days. But not as hot as, as Trinidad. No, that's what you... It's funny because you say that, and I just went once, but for me, the memory that I have, El Salvador was hotter ah. than Trinidad. But I trust, I mean, you know better, so... For me, Trinidad was like, as soon as I stepped off the plane going to Trinidad, my whole body just went boop. I just bloated like <laughs> I don't have that memory it was for me it felt like a few degrees cooler than Trinidad and okay. mind you it was like 36 every day but to me Trinidad is hot okay well, to me Dubai is hot yeah but that's a different <laughs> kind of hot Dubai is dry it's yeah like, and it's 46 degrees yeah like but it's, it's not humid hot like uh, different kinds of heat anyway not the point all right next question so what were you expecting before the trip? I think we kind of touched upon this a bit. Yeah, I think we did. I think we did. And, and all I, yeah, I think we can skip it. it okay. Everything that I expected, I got, yeah. basically. That's it. One thing, though, I was expecting, like, everyone to be talking about Bitcoin, which wasn't the case. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay, so next question. Uh, okay, so we couldn't do everything on our list. I prepared a list before, <laughs> a yeah, list of right. activities yes. <laughs> before we left. Um, is there anything you wish you had done while we were there? Yeah, the volcanoes and, yeah. and the lake. 
Yeah. But it was just very, I mean, logistically challenging because with a two-year-old, it's like it was a long hike. Yeah, and we didn't bring her hiking. Uh, exactly. Yeah. We didn't have all the equipment and, even, and it was hot. I mean, honestly, even with the equipment, I would have needed to carry her for like two hours on my back going uphill. And you say that, well, you, because I wasn't oh, about yeah, to yeah, like... That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so that's the one thing I would have really liked because yeah. I saw some picture. It looks some pictures. It looks very, yeah. very beautiful. So I would have liked to do that, but can't do everything. Yeah. When she's grown up, it's okay. Next trip. Yeah, yeah. When she gets a bit bigger, we hopefully will go back yeah. by the grace of God, and she can hike up herself. Same. I wish we had seen done a volcano tour, and. Um, I wasn't thinking about this before, but again, seeing that lady in her surf lessons, I wish I had booked a surf lesson. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fair, me too. But once again, we say that, right? But we have a two-year-old daughter. I know, and, and reality. It, it, there are a lot of things that, yeah, I wish I would have done. I mean, I would have loved to, I told you at one point, I would have loved like to do a road trip yeah. in Salvador, Yeah. but kind of, yeah, one week of traveling from, you don't do that with a two-year-old. It's going to no. be a mess. Yeah, so. especially, yeah. Yeah, totally. So it's wish, but it's not regret. Yeah. That's so good. All right. Oh, this one is nicely folded. Uh, what was most memorable or what surprised you the most about the trip? Most, so I'm, I'm guessing I have to pick one thing. Can I say a number of things or most? I memorable? guess you can, the way it's written. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I was pleasantly surprised by how joyful everyone was. Mm. That, like, I wasn't expecting it. And in retrospect, it made things so much nicer like even the other tourists who aren't from there were joyful it's like something happens in El Sante where people are just happy or maybe the tourists who are there are happy but even the locals seem pretty uh pretty like really just down to earth and and like foundationally like happy um, like at one point I said to one of the drivers, like, I'm pretty sure that if I were to cross paths with some of these, uh, like tourists, for example, in the airport or in a big city, they wouldn't even say hi to me, or perhaps I wouldn't even say hi to them. So the overall feeling of joy was a nice surprise. And, uh, the other thing that surprised me a lot was how cool, uh, Roman Martinez and the folks at Hope House were. Yeah, no. That was like uh, like nonprofits or organizations like that in Geneva. I'm not sure would be so willing to, you know, say to newcomers, "Hey, like come with us on Saturday. We're going to do like um, the like the little prayer service. We're going to like pick up pieces of garbage on the beach. We're going to do like different activities and exercises and stuff. Feel free to participate and stuff. Like, mm. it just seems so incredibly inclusive and open. And there wasn't like the who are you, why are you here kind of attitude that for me, like, especially living in a European context for since 2008 was a nice refreshing surprise because I think I'm more accustomed to that type of culture where it's like, yeah, come, you know, bring your friends, bring your family kind of thing. And so that was a like a nice 
one again, one of those intangible surprises that I wasn't expecting. Yeah. So for me, it's like there are a few, it's more what's memorable, like uh, going to get like breakfast. That's like waking up at five, have, 5 a.m. Because, well, not naturally, because the little one woke up at 5. And actually, she woke up at 4. Uh, having to wait, uh, I think it was 6.30, to go get breakfast on the, the, the main road, road yeah. and getting papusas and having like uh, the little one on my shoulders, going there, hobbing, seeing all of that is memorable to me. Like it's yeah. clearly something that I will remember. Uh, and I hope she does too. And... Uh, sorry, what was the name of the association? Hope House. Yeah, Hope House. That's the other piece to the morning. That It's something that I didn't expect. I think, yeah, what was surprising and memorable that morning was will be is memorable and surprised me. And I, I know seeing like her playing in the river oh, with yeah, all the, with other, the other kids. kids. Yeah. That's, I feel very, I mean, it made me feel good and I hope she takes it. It's like this kind of experiences yeah. is, is, I think, very important for her to experience because like she's going to be very Swiss. <laughs> so I'm very happy that she's experienced, she's exposed to this kind of, yeah, like experiences. That's what, yeah. uh, and then the couple that we met is another thing that uh, surprised me. I yeah, didn't expect. Sats minded on Twitter. Okay. And uh, that's, uh, I was very, yeah, it surprised me to meet them and it was a very good surprise and I absolutely didn't expect yeah. to meet people that, yeah, would be spending quite a bit of time there and these kind of people. So, and the, the guy was really cool. So yeah, nice. they were both totally cool. Yeah. And like they invited us over and stuff and our kids played together in the water. Like it's, and again, like here's where um, I, I tried to like say, Maybe it's not only El Salvador or El Sante. It's the the whole experience of like expats or immigrants or people who migrate to different places. Yes. Um, the the fact that you're not in your home country on your home turf does that make you more open to other people? You know, like more willing to get out there and socialize mm -hmm. and take a chance and not stick to your own group. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. yeah, that's what was memorable or is memorable for me. So Yeah, that was good. So Hope House registered on both of our yes. memories. Yeah, totally. yeah, clearly that morning was really, really nice. And the tug of war too. The well, exactly. tug of war. That was yeah. like a big thing. I mean, and to me, what surprised me is so I'm, I'm not a big church guy uh, at all. To the contrary. And but the community aspect was really nice. And the way they were, they had it set up. It was just about, OK, let's go do because at, at one point it was like, yeah, it's about surfing lesson. And I was like, no, this is not. But actually it was. Like there yeah. was a whole, it was true that there was, but it was embedded into a lot of other activities for everybody that uh, yeah, made it very nice experience. Yeah, he did an interview on the Kaiser Report um, like a few months ago. Well, now the Kaiser Report is no longer um, like airing. But he mentioned that um, there are four pillars uh, with Hope House. I don't want to say them because I don't have them memorized or anything. But spirituality is part of like the foundational um, mm. work that they're doing with the kids in order to like build like well-rounded and sort of grounded citizens. And I mean, f the kids seem so happy, and it it, it seems to be working. Yeah. So, yeah. Todas las cosas. 
Pardon? Todas las cosas. Todas las cosas. What was the I Romans? I can't remember the Roman. Roman, Romans 18, 3, 18, 3, 3, yeah. 18 or something. The so, pastor was passionate and so yes. were the kids. Yes, yeah, clearly. All right. My turn? Yeah, your turn. So, next question. Which is... Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I feel warm and fuzzy. <laughs> Did you feel scared for your personal safety at any point during our trip? No. Well, I said no, but not my personal. No, no. Family, yeah, in, but, but it's more like every big city. When we went to El Salvador. San Salvador. I, uh, San Salvador, sorry. Uh, so the question is, was I feeling... Um, did you feel scared for your personal safety at any point during our trip? Yeah, so I never felt scared. And in uh, uh, San Salvador, mm -hmm. I was more cautious because it's a big city, because the little one was with me. Yeah. That's it. But yeah. short answer is no. Yeah. Same. And for me, it was so... No, that's not true. Same in the sense that... Uh, let me finish. Okay. Let me okay. finish. Okay. Por favor. <laughs> um, I didn't feel scared for my personal safety. However, because I had looked at um, images, por favor, senor, I'm just getting a little top up, of some of the gang members who had been arrested. And I saw that I think pretty much all of them were... Um, had a lot of tattoos on. Yes. I think that that developed a bit of a bias in my mind. And so when I would see someone with a tattoo, I think I just had a moment of like, oh, you know, like what do yeah. the tattoos mean? And I don't want to stare obviously to examine them, but, um, but I think that that's more related to me just seeing a lot of images of people being arrested and those people having a lot of tattoos. Like I developed my own little bias, but, uh, but I think that was about it. Am I forgetting something? You're smiling. No, so. I am. It's because I know that when we had to walk uh, from the restaurant back to the hotel and it was dark, he was like, oh, you have to be cautious. No, it's going to be dark. And Yeah, but that's more for like snakes and stuff. Exactly, like, but you were scared. I wasn't scared. I put my flashlight on. That was like just, you know. Okay, so I have to say that since becoming a mother, I don't know if other moms experience this, but... I have moments where my imagination just takes over. For example, um, when our daughter was a bit smaller, we were on the balcony and for some reason, oh, like, trouble. yeah, there was a crow <laughs> that kept flying by. And for some reason, I sort of like envisioned the scenario where the crow would come and swoop down and like peck my daughter and like fly away. And so all of a sudden my obsession became <laughs> protecting her from the crow. It so was... crows are the enemy from now. <laughs> no, <laughs> Sean Snow was a crow. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, he was a good guy. No, but, uh, but so I wouldn't say that I felt scared for my personal safety. I, think I that know, was the I know, that was, that was a joke. Yeah, personal safety. It was just more like my my motherhood paranoid imagination that thought maybe there could be a snake because you she, you were carrying her on your shoulders so in my brain it's like if a snake came out and like 
fit Fred on the ankle and he falls. He's pretty tall. How will Noemi fall? Will she hit her head? Do I need to be cautious if he trips on like a stick or something? Like that's the type of uh, paranoia that I and had. And you, you, you guys can hear that my safety in all of these instances <laughs> was never an issue at any time. <laughs> all right, next question. Uh, what did you enjoy the least about the trip? Mm. Oh, I know. <laughs> the air conditioning when we arrived. Just too much air conditioning in the... But we managed that very well after. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's... We're not used to air conditioning. At all. And yeah. it was just like... But it's, it's like, it's a necessary evil. Like, you need it, you know? Correct, yeah. correct. But it's just like, not a fridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same not used to the AC. Next question? Oh, may, no, maybe oh. one thing, another one for me. Sorry, it, well, I asked the question, but you have... No. For me, it's, I wouldn't say... So, I'm cautious about what I say. Especially, I don't want to come across as arrogant. But the food... But you're French. Yeah, that's the point. That is the whole point. I'm trying to not go too far. I'm sorry, French so, people, if I'm offending you. The, the food... It's not that... Uh, it's not like I enjoyed it the least, but I can see, and I had a conversation with... Sax-minded. Exactly, uh, about that topic. And it's true that I can see that I expected more grilled fish that was just coming out of the sea. Mm. And uh, anyway, it's... Yeah, and food was okay, but... Yeah, you had to order that and go to different places. Yeah. Actually, in terms of what, like one of the, the other questions, I wish I had ordered more beef. I was really on a fish, like I'm here, fish is like abundant, so let me eat fish kind of um, attitude. Fish and fruit. Yeah. Oh, in terms of memorable, maybe not so memorable, but yeah. it's coming back. The All those mangoes. <laughs> oh my God. Oh yeah. my goodness. And the picking, can we get one and getting oh. like 20 of them? And I was like... I mean, it's impossible to eat all of these mangoes by myself. I think I was eating like two or three a day yeah. by myself. Um, but I wish that there was a way to like bring them back because like one of those mangoes alone is like four, four or five francs here. So like four or five bucks yep. here in uh, the grocery store. We had about 20 of them and I'm like, oh my God, this is like so much money right here. And they're actually ripe. They're local. They were picked when they were um, when they were ripe. They weren't picked yeah. prematurely and then shipped, you know, for God knows how many kilometers, like the mangoes. Yep. No, clearly. All right. Next yes, question. I think it's your turn. Yeah. I think I did two in a row, but that's okay. <laughs> no, I did. Uh, what did you enjoy the least? Oh, yeah. True, 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 true. Um, has the trip influenced the way you view money? If yes, how? If no, why not? Uh, I would say yes. I would say yes. And I come back to what I mentioned at the very beginning. It's So, yeah, I see much more now like Bitcoin as a mean of exchange rather than just a yeah. store of value. And I think that changes a little bit how I look at money as a whole. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I think it's the only alternative that I know of to like all the existing systems and the crazy level of inflation that is going on, which yeah. I've spoken the whole week about when I was at the trade show, right? Everything is going up everywhere. Yeah. And the fact that it's actually 
yeah, possible to exchange. And I've seen it. I've seen you buying a coffee, a, a pack of coffee. Like, I think that has changed a little bit my view of money as a whole. Yeah. Uh, for me, so I think on the Federal Reserve website, and I cite the Federal Reserve because the US dollar is the, the world's uh, reserve currency. The definition of money is unit of account, medium of exchange, and store value. Mm. And like you said, you know, like I actually bought coffee with Bitcoin. I, you know, a driver accepted a tip in Bitcoin over the Lightning Network. So it was a speedy transaction. We went to that other place and we, uh, we, um, whatchamacallit, we bought like our lemonades and whatever. So clearly like it's a unit of, um, a medium of exchange. Yes. Uh, so for me, it didn't really uh, like change my view or my understanding of money because like I've always seen Bitcoin to fit those three criteria. Um, but what I did see is a willingness for people to accept it. So yeah. if you want it to be a medium of exchange, you need at least, you know, Two the parties, exactly. Yeah. And so there is like proof that another party is willing to accept it as uh, money. If anyone wants to send me a tip, a lightning tip, you know, go to my website. I've got tipping me. I will gladly accept it. <laughs> but uh, so for me, it didn't really change much. It's just uh, to see like the willingness of certain people. As you said, some people don't want to accept uh, mm -hmm. Bitcoin. Like when we arrived at the airport, I'm like, oh, can I pay for the visa and Bitcoin? It's like 12 bucks, you know? And the woman's like, we accept visa, cash, whatever. <laughs> can I pay in Bitcoin? We accept visa, cash. <laughs> okay, I understood. You know, but it's like, yeah, yeah some people choose to accept it. Some people don't. And it's like if I were to, uh, you know, I, th I think I may still have some Ethiopian burr from my trip. If I were to, uh, it is an official currency, but if I were to go to Cup here or Migro to buy something and I offer it, they may not accept it. So Oh, they will not. No. <laughs> I say may it's not, not they to be may. more they will diplomatic. Not, I can tell you. But yeah, so I mean, it didn't really change my view of money. It just allowed me to practice transacting with it. Yep. All right, next. Uh, what would you have done differently during this trip? Hmm. I would have packed lighter because some of the dresses that I brought, I didn't realize how thick the material was <laughs> <laughs> until we stepped outside in the sun. Um, what else would I have done differently? Packed lighter. I don't know because it's the first time, you know, and we were traveling with you know with Noemi I think we packed enough stuff so clearly I'm on the packing and the logistics end of things and for me like all of our basic needs were covered and so besides like packing lighter I'm not sure that there are other things I would have done differently what about you nothing nothing no it's 10 days I mean you discover so yeah no I wouldn't have done anything differently yeah yeah same uh next question next question any travel tips for parents with young children? Uh, get a yo-yo. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, like that just, I mean, it was three flights, right? And this, it's just during the flight, because as soon as we were in, in Salvador, that was it. It was, we didn't mm. touch the yo-yo. But during the flight, it was absolutely brilliant to have this stroller with us. Yeah. Uh, I, I, 
So it's actually not an advice to parents because I, I don't feel too good about giving any kind of advice to other parents yeah, knowing totally. that I'm a father for two years. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that seems a little arrogant. But uh, for, it's, it's almost like a, a reflection on me. It's yeah. just to, especially around sleeping, like to accept yeah. the rhythm of your two-year-old daughter. Like not try to fight it, which is my, what I would yeah. do in this... I mean, you remember the first night, I was like, oh, yeah, if she goes to bed at that time, maybe she's yeah, going to be a Yeah, you're trying to engineer everything, and it's like, no. <laughs> it's not going to work. I mean, if she wakes up at three, it's bring her long, to the bed. Yeah. If she, like, adapt to her rhythm yeah. so that the whole rhythm is yeah, yeah, easier. Which means we were up at 3.30 or 4. We saw, like, an amazing... That's another memory. Yeah. Like, the, the... How do you say? The dawn? Like the morning, yeah, the dawn, and yeah. all the birds, like how exactly, just like lights the, up. the yeah. sounds and the light, like super. That was a brilliant, very nice memory. Yeah, and I know I have this one because she said to wake up at four a.m. one morning. Yeah, so that is worth it, even to adapt to that yeah. rhythm. So yeah, no yeah. advice, just more reflection. Yeah, I, I I agree with your reflection. Like I feel the same about adapting to her rhythm because because we have traveled so much without children um we have our own little techniques to adjust to like the time difference i think the difference between el sante and uh geneva is about eight hours i think so yeah yeah eight or nine yeah because toronto six eastern standard time so I, yeah eight, or yeah no. eight or nine um so we have our own like ways of doing it and so for her like trying to impose what we do to adapt on her is not very realistic. There were times when she had to sleep, like, you know, during the day, she slept sometimes for like two or three hours during her nap. And yeah, and so like, you know, when like when I didn't have a child when I wasn't a mother, that's time I would have used to go out and explore or maybe, I don't know, do something different. But just accepting that she needs that time to recuperate and like, (laughs) <laughs> to adapt to that time in the villa where we're there I think we did a good job we played so yams too. as yeah. usual <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. playing yams having a nap whatever and the other thing is around the food for her because I, do, oh, I think yeah. advice to other parents but actually I received we received the advice is like she didn't eat for like two or three days barely yes that's minded wife yeah. yeah she was saying yeah it, it lasted two weeks with ours like yeah it's just like the change is too much yeah i mean i think structure and rhythm is so important for our little one's security and safety yeah. Yeah. that it's one of things like everything becomes no i don't want it no i don't want yeah. it no i don't want it and that's okay i mean she's not gonna starve she's not yeah and, and i think we did okay because at the end she was eating really yeah very correctly so yeah, and she went through a few days. I think it was like a day or two where she was like, oh, je veux rien. Like, I miss yeah, my friends yeah. from daycare. And I, my heart actually, like, sunk a little bit because I was like, wow, like, she's only two and a half and she's she's homesick. Like, she misses her routine and her friends and her teachers at daycare and stuff. And, like, I, I felt a bit sad for her, but she rebounded yeah, right after good. that. Yeah. Who asked the last question? Was it me or you? Uh, uh, it was the Siwatan. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, okay, I'm confused now. I'll take it. And after the recording, we'll see 
the effect of the rum or it's, not. It's okay. If one What did you enjoy the most? Pilsner, coffee, or pupusas? Pitsnell coffee. So I didn't try the Pitsnell. Which is Pilsner. Pilsner. That's how they were called. Pilsner. Pilsner. See, I didn't. That's how they were. Me neither. Pilsner. <laughs> I'm not a beer drinker at all. Um, the coffee was really good, and because mm. I bought coffee with Satoshi's over the Lightning Network, I'm going to say I enjoyed the coffee the most. Okay. And what about you? Uh, I'll make two picks. The papusas for the experience that I mentioned before, just going there, seeing it, and the Pilsner, because I love these beers that are super light. It's like the Tiger Beer and all these beers, like super light. They serve it so well because it's like freezing cold. So Pilsner and papusas. Next question. Hey, PNP. You like pee, don't you? Pitsner and pupusas. Keep on going. <laughs> um, how would you rate the beach in El Sante? Yeah, so I, I mentioned it. So it's top ranking. I wouldn't say the best one because I think there are, I can top think ranking. of like two or three <laughs> other ones. But uh, it's really, really, really nice. I mean, they're just like black sand. So fine. Yeah, super soft. So it, it's, yeah, it is for sure one of the top three that I've seen. Not mm. that exists, right? But that I've seen. Yeah, I can think about like, yeah, in the French Polynesia. Yeah, it was TV. nice. It was nice. And, and actually, that's the one that I can think of beside that. Not really. So fantastic beach. Yeah, same. Black sand beach. The sand is so fine. Usually um, on beaches, like there's, I always step carefully because there's always something like, like a rock or something sharp. And here it was just like, you know, yeah. just like butter everywhere. It was really, really smooth. All right. What is something new you learn while there? I guess an understanding more about Bitcoin that it's really a very powerful and important tool. Like for me, the the aspect about of Bitcoin being a tool was really like reinforced, and my eyes were open to that. Okay, for me, it's about the president. Oh yeah, because you hadn't been following. No, yeah, I, I was not, and I was uh, now I'm following him more, and I'm reading. But that's one thing I was like, wow, like it's a. Uh, pretty astonishing like to have like yeah. one president like so young and I it's from what I've, I've observed making such an impact in such a short period of time it's uh yeah I learned about that just his existence and what he was doing and I found it very yeah very very impressive yeah I would say like of all the people from El Salvador that um that we interacted with I would say all of them have said that things are much better day to day since he's taken office. Yeah. And it's not like, again, I'm, I'm usually weary about making any statements that could be perceived as political. It's not at all the goal. It's just like, you know, relaying mm. feedback from people. Mind you, we didn't meet any family members who were in place before. Oh, him. The big I'm families. sure they might have like a different perspective. <laughs> But we didn't meet any of them. so We didn't meet any former family members. But it was um, when we were driving to and from San Salvador and uh, Champa pointed out where the presidential palace was. Yeah. yeah and seeing the big military, uh, the tank with the long gun. I yeah. Yeah, the Hummer. It was like a big Hummer. 
But the the huge guy, yeah. I was like, oh dear, like. <laughs> but to me, I was like, no, that makes sense. I mean, the guy, the guy must be like yeah. on the permanent threat from yeah. the legacy power. Yeah. Like so, yeah, I wasn't surprised. Mm. Your turn. Okay, so what is it like traveling with a toddler? I think we've spoken about that. We right? have, but honestly, just really easy compared to what I've heard or expected. Or I'm saying the traveling piece. Like yeah. she was really good on the plane. Awesome. Yeah, it was. It was a very, and it is part for me of the whole experience, right? Yeah. I was, after two years of not doing long trips. Because of lockdowns. Yeah. It was really nice to actually go through airports, like spend like, yeah. for me, eight, nine hours on a plane. And it could have been hell, according to what I hear sometimes about <laughs> yeah. traveling Kids with a two-year-old. On the flights, but yeah. she, did, for instance, she didn't cry on the plane. No, she at didn't. All. Not she once. Didn't, and we didn't have any screens or videos for her or anything. It was just... Uh, no. Well, she has fantastic parents. Maybe that's why. Oh! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the French side of me coming back. <laughs> yeah, and also, like, our daughter is a star. She's so charming with people. I think she gets that mm. from you, Could actually. <laughs> She's so charming with people. She knows when to smile, when to, like, sort of play it up a bit. And so... I would say that it sort of enhanced logistics in some senses. Like the yeah. hotel in Miami, our Jorge remembered her. Oh yeah, that was you nice. You know too. when we yeah, returned, that was nice. and he actually said her name. Yeah. Like after like yeah, ten days, and uh, yeah. that was very nice. It was very sweet. That, so. actually, what surprised me of the trip? That's one thing <laughs> that surprised me a lot. Like, he would remember like uh, the first name of a two-year-old that he saw. Ten days ago, for one, walking in a hotel where yeah. I probably served two hundred people a day, yeah. like it was like wow. Yeah, totally. And uh, in, in El Salvador, what were they calling her? Preciosa. Preciosa. Yeah, yeah, it's totally sweet. No, it was any yeah, good traveling with Noemi. Yeah, my turn. Yeah. How much did you know about El Salvador before the country made Bitcoin legal tender? Before Bitcoin legal tender in El Salvador, I knew very little. I just knew. I can't even say I knew anything. I had no knowledge. I just heard that it uh, was a lot of, it was violent. It experienced a lot of violence in recent history and that there was a gang called M13 that may have formed in the US. So I was very ignorant. So I was and I am still and so I like, as you know, like maps and all of that. So I really started to look for books. And it's one of the challenges like there. Well, I didn't find mm. it doesn't seem to be easy for living in Switzerland to find like books, even online on like my Kindle or anything about the whole history oh, of yeah. El Salvador, because you find books on the civil war, which yeah. is like 10 years yeah. of the history of the whole country. Right. So I know very little. I still find that I know very little and I'm having a hard time finding good readings. Maybe if I was to speak Spanish, it would be yeah. easier. I, I would find more historic books. Yeah. Yeah. Language is probably like a very important variable in this. Because if you're looking in French and English, yeah. like most French speakers here, when I say El Salvador, they're like, where is that? What is that? Yeah. Like the, yeah, the my exposure. Colleague. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, my colleague, uh, he was actually saying like, Oh, yeah, I had to look on my Google map because I didn't really know where it was. Really? I mean, he knows it's like 
south of the US, but beside that, yeah, 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 yeah. it was, it was not, uh, and even me, I mean, I'm still struggling with like the neighboring countries. I mean, now it's getting better, yeah. but it's not like embedded in my brain, like the map of, uh, yeah, Central America. Yeah, it's, uh, I mentioned this to you earlier. Um, I mean, I am fortunate uh, in the sense that I was born in a place at a certain time where um, most first-generation Canadians um, have or had parents who came from other regions. So not through not through formal education, but just by virtue of the people who were in different neighborhoods and doing different things, I had a geographic awareness mm. uh, that I think maybe many Westerners don't necessarily have. Oh, yeah. Because when you go through the historic history channels, like what do you learn about? The Second World War, predominantly, I would say. Mm -hmm. uh, the history of Canada, which is very specific to Canada, the US, Europe, obviously. So like, you know, in terms of geography and history, everything is very much Eurocentric or Anglo-centric. Canada a bit different because we're like uh, officially French and English. And so by virtue of like immigration and seeing kids, you know, uh, f whose parents and who identify as being from somewhere else like I had greater awareness and of course because my parents immigrated from Trinidad and Tobago like I think I had a greater sense of like the world isn't just like these countries that we hear about and see about all the yeah. time cool your turn next question oh we're getting wow there are only two left oh you sound disappointed oh it's okay <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay do you think Bitcoin as legal tender could work in a country like France after getting a glimpse of how it works in El Salvador? Yes, yes. No yeah. hesitation. No, no, Ding because <laughs> no, because I mean, to me, it's more okay. So one thing that changed to me with the trip is I think my mind was set on it's one or the other mm. a little bit, and 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 now it's like no, you can have both and like. You can absolutely have both running in parallel. And at the end, it's like on a daily basis, each individual can make her or his decision on which one to use. Yeah. And therefore, I mean, can it be, I'm sure like there will be plenty of resistance, uh, not by the individual French people necessarily, more by the government. I mean, there is a lot of little interest to adopt it, to adopt it. But the French people that I know, they're going to be either supportive or don't care. Like the vast majority. So, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, like it's like whatever. Like it's available. I don't use it. That's it. Or I'm interested. So I see it as very, very possible. Absolutely possible. No. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like uh, I thought. Like, so I submitted that question, and I thought of you, and like what your perspective is on that, because I'm. I mean, even though I've been around French culture for over 20 years now, I honestly have no clue whether something like that could work. So from a sort of a theoretical perspective or from like a purely frameworks perspective, of course it could be introduced, like anything could be introduced. But whether, you know, on uh, like a very pragmatic, like in the field um, 
from that perspective, whether people would use it or adopt it, I have no idea. Like, uh, I get, yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get the impression that the few French people I know, which is not whatsoever representative of the entire population, are more interested in making investments and earning more value, whether that's through like fiat, whether that's through like investing in your business or investing in shares, like increase in nominal value or home or uh, Bitcoin or other crypto. Like, uh, yeah, French speakers that I know are very much into altcoins, which I find surprising. But uh, but for me, like from the, the little I know, it seems more speculative as opposed to anything bigger and deeper, like what it means to have a fixed supply, what it means to have a fixed inflation schedule that Bitcoin has, what it means to no longer be able to print money. I'm not sure that that aspect like, would resonate with the French people I know. And so I agree, and I agree very much with that. Uh, I think I took the question more, is it possible to yeah, implement it as a legal tender? And the answer is, I think now I reflect, I'm like, I understand my own answer is, yes, you can. Will people adopt it? Yeah. That's another story. And I reflect on me, like I am a slow learner in the sense that I don't think I'm necessarily slow to learn is I have a lot of resistance to a lot of things because I'm good with my, yeah. w with what I have. So I'm it not like, for you. exactly. Yeah. So I'm not king and I'm not seeking the, the new stuff because the old stuff is good with me. Yeah. And I think the whole French country is privilege so that it's a little bit of that but at the same time I think if you introduce it it might be slower yeah clearly but I think France is like sufficiently uh, adept of something different in general that it can work in the long run but I think it would be a much slower transition transition yeah uh, than Salvador like Salvador is like yeah it's okay it's available a lot of people still don't care we have yeah. a, we have even seen people that says no I don't want it yeah but there is like a greater percentage or it seems proportion of people that say yeah I see it could be an opportunity let's try it yeah like for, I'm not like let's try it type of guy it's like more conservative yeah. and I think the country friends because of its privilege is more on that approach and I, I, I think you've repeated or you've said the key word at least twice. That word privilege means a great deal. You know, like in, um, although I say that and as I speak, I'm kind of thinking a bit, I have two thoughts. One is that in El Salvador, they didn't have their own currency that the state controlled. Yeah, that's a big difference. They have the U.S. dollar yes. for historic reasons. And so to introduce and say this will also be legal tender, you have the U.S. dollar and also Bitcoin, is a little different than making that introduction in a state that has greater sovereignty that ha controls its own currency. So I'm th saying that thinking of France, because I guess in my brain, I still have the French franc mindset sure. still in there. But in France, Greece, any EU country, you're using the euro. You don't have your own currency. Like yeah. it's the ECB that's in control of the currency used by multiple countries. So perhaps, perhaps the analogy or the comparison is not that far off to regular people. I'm not speaking about people who profit from the system, people who are privileged within the system, mm -hmm. but to regular people. It's, 
it's very, 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 very valid. I mean, what you just said, I find for France in light of recent election and the discussions and the debates that happen, a lot of the debates was around sovereignty. Do we want to be within Europe? Do we want... I don't think there would be a Frexit. I don't think we yeah, are... Frexit. A Frexit. <laughs> we are not at that stage. But there is like a strong debate around were we better off as a country rather than where we yeah. are today within European Union. And I think the people doesn't necessarily... The, we, the yeah. people of France, don't really need realize that the money aspect is like a, a very central aspect into all of that, right? We used to have the French franc, we have the European Union. And I think for all these people that want more sovereignty, yeah. it might actually, it's interesting. Like if I think about even like Marine Le Pen, Mélenchon, both want more sovereignty. Mm -hmm. Like they never spoke about that. About that I've that heard. like Bitcoin? Yeah, or, yeah, exactly. Like Bitcoin has a tool, which yeah. we go back to the beginning of our discussion, like the, it is a tool yeah. that can help you with the sovereignty aspirations that you have, which demonstrate like a little bit how slow learner we are in France. Like we speak more, we think more about institutions, law, regulations. How can we La get France back? Exactly. <laughs> like let's make again Paris center of the world like it <laughs> used to be on top of the mountain. But very interesting. Like, uh, so I think they, it well, I am sure it can be adopted yeah. by friends. And I feel there is like a, a possibility that it is like uh, really embraced by some of the French population over time because we are slow learners. Because so when I first went to France, I had like a very specific image in mind, which I've shared with you multiple times and again it relates to the selected media that i was exposed to at the time so i expected everyone to be like jean-paul gautier and uh la parisienne what's her name uh, inez inez de la fressange de la fressange like very tall very elegant like very slim very chic very whatever like that those were the images that i was exposed to um and so when i arrived i was shocked <laughs> to learn that there was like an active communist party. I was shocked to see that there were people who openly spoke about anarchy. Which is bigger almost after the last election than the socialist party. Yeah. The communist one. The communist is so like, uh, so like, you know, like the, the, like I experienced initially a certain level of cognitive dissonance because I'm like, this is not what I was taught. This is not what's like sort of like perpetuated in, in, in Canadian or Torontonian media about French food, French cuisine, French sophistication, French whatever, you know, like this is like, this is some real shit. Like people are like setting f uh, things on fire and stuff. And so like considering that that, uh, like if this were a business and you were looking at your customer segmentations, considering that that sort of customer segment exists, I'm guessing that like, if there was to be a formal approach to introduce Bitcoin, it would probably be adapted by like a certain, an, a non, mm. a, 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 like a, a sort of, a, not a significant percentage of the population, but like a non-negligible percentage Correct. of the, no, the it, population. It wouldn't be insignificant, I think. Yeah. Hmm. 
to be continued, to be explored. Indeed. Maybe one day we'll do a little thing of a podcast on our thoughts of like France and Bitcoin. Maybe one day you'll have Jean-Luc Mélenchon on your podcast. You never know. Maybe one day I'll do a podcast en français. You never know. You never know. <laughs> well, no more questions. Yes. Oh, one last one. one. Uh, Monsieur. It's going to be interesting to see how we respected the order. Oh, it's okay. Uh, what did you like? Oh, that's a good one to finish. What did you like the most about the trip? Everything. Uh, you know, like beyond everything else, I'm very sort of, not sort of, I am very family focused. Mm -hmm. And so, oh, I might cry. I think mm -hmm. it's the sea said. <laughs> Actually, there are tears coming. Mm -hmm. um, oh, wow. Well, I can take over. No, it's okay. It's going to be in the same way. Suck it up. Get through. <laughs> um, what I liked the most about the trip was the fact that it was a trip with my family yeah. and that we coordinated in a, w in a way where we could all enjoy where we were. We made the most of um, like our sort of um, the sort of restrictions that we were working with in terms of logistics and knowing me napping and to see, you know, our daughter playing with kids that she just met who have a different culture, who Uh, speak a different language to see her playing and getting along with them for me is like just amazing because it reminds me that at the end of the day going back to the Hoffman process like our inner child children are still present and it's really yeah it, it things don't have to be so complicated if we set our egos to the side and make the effort to just participate and be present yeah So it's exactly this, I mean, not, it's in the exact same spirit for me. And I just say like one image is like, like just sleeping the three of us, taking the little one in the big bed. Yeah. It's like hot. I mean, that's, that's what I like of that trip. And, and it's just an illustration of what you do. It's not an illustration. It's just a very concrete example. It's like, we were good. We yeah. enjoyed ourselves. The other one was like really good and uh, yeah, that made me feel very happy overall. So I think what I enjoyed the most about this trip is like it's our first trip far away yeah. and I find we made the most out of it. And I thank you very much for raising the idea of Salvador because it was a brilliant idea. So uh -huh. yeah, so that was good. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out at Foster Inclusion on Instagram and Twitter. And of course, if you have any questions, comments, or complaints, email me at saida at fosterinclusion.com. That's S-A-I-D-A-H at F-O-S-T-E-R-I-N-C-L-U-S-I-O-N.com. Bye!